0: Our lesson this morning is from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. When Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel, he said to them, I am now 120 years old. I am no longer able to get about, and the Lord told me, You shall not cross over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over before you. God will destroy these nations before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua also will cross over before you, as the Lord promised. The Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og the kings of the Amorites, and to their land when he destroyed them. The Lord will give them over to you, and you shall deal with them in full accord with the command that I have given to you. Be strong and bold. Have no fear or dread of them, because it is the Lord your God who goes with you. God will not fail you or forsake you. The word of the Lord.
1: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I highly doubt that any of you remember the first sermon I preached back in January of 2013. And some of you weren't even there, so I wouldn't expect you to remember it, Um, but I remember it. And it's not because I went and dug in my archives and found it. I don't even know if I could find it. Um, the reason I remember it was because it was on Luke chapter four, when Jesus preaches in his hometown in Nazareth, and he gets up and he preaches this sermon that um, irritates the crowd. So they try to throw him out of the off a cliff and just they have an uprising against him. And I made some lame joke about how uh, having gone from Faribault, Minnesota to the back to the Twin Cities area that I was worried, you know, returning to my home town, that the congregation might do the same for me. Um, And then I worried that people in the congregation might think I have this, like, some sort of Jesus complex, that here I am relating to, like, Jesus, the Savior of the world, and what in the world is with this new associate pastor? So on my very last Sunday, I chose to bring it down a notch. Um, I selected the text where we have Moses, just the greatest Old Testament leader of all times, and I've decided to relate my story to him. And now I'm worried that I have a Moses complex. But people of Shepherd of the Hills... I went from relating myself to the Savior of the world to just the greatest Old Testament um, prophet of all times. So clearly you have taught me humility. (laughs) And for that I give thanks. Pastor Scott was also quick in pointing out if I continued reading like two more verses that Moses dies... So perhaps I should cut the text when I did, and I agreed. Um, And then he pointed out Moses' age being 120 and said, what's that about? And I said, yes, I have aged while I'm at Shepherd of the Hills, but not that much. (laughs) I used to hate this story, this part of the story where Moses and the Israelites get to Almost to the promised land, and right outside the gate, Moses is told, you don't get to go in. Moses has been with these people for a long, long time. For 40 years, they have wandered in the wilderness, and even before that, they had been in a journey. Escaping slavery in Egypt, overcoming the plagues, they've wandered through the desert they have been thirsty, and God has given them water. They have been hungry, and God has given them food. And they have been lost, and God has given them an identity. And together, these people have found their way, getting lost at times, struggling at others, but through it all, they have come to depend on God. And now, at long last, they're to their final destination, this promised land that God has put before them, And Moses is told, you don't get to go in, but your people will go ahead of you. And I've always felt that this is unfair. I mean, Moses is 120 years old, and according to retirement standards, he should have been allowed to retire a long time ago. It's about time he gets to put his feet up and enjoy the promises God has put before him. But God says no. Moses, throughout the story, has often argued with God on behalf of his people. But in this particular instance, Moses does not argue with God. He accepts his fate as it is and blesses his people instead for the journey that is ahead of them. I did used to hate this story until someone related the story of Moses and the call to be a pastor. And suddenly I saw this story in a new way. Suddenly, this difficult, confusing story about why the people get to go on ahead and the, and the leader and the pastor remains behind made sense to me, and I understood what it meant to bless beloved people and know that God is going to do incredible things through them. Dang it. <laughs> As your pastor, it has been an honor and a privilege to walk with you for the last six and a half years. I am so grateful. When I first came to Shepherd, this congregation looked very different than it does today. We had different furniture throughout most of the church. We had sinner's pews still out in the narthex area, and I can't even remember what was in the space where the lounge furniture is. I know the chairs were not as comfortable. Our artwork has changed up front, although we can still look and see the beloved sheep on the wall over here. And the kids who were once little and coming up to challenge me during the children's message have changed. They are now in confirmation or in high school, and there are new little ones with their voices calling out who still distract me and still challenge me. Um, and there are so many babies whose voices are heard this morning with their giggles and their cries, and they are all welcome here, and I am so thankful. But it is not just observable changes that have taken place during my time here. A large part of what we do in the church happens within us. It's spiritual work that happens in our heads and in our hearts. And I have been so privileged to watch you grow in faith together. I'm so thankful that you have wrestled with big questions about how do we love our neighbors, especially the neighbors who have different faiths than us. And so in order to do so, you have dared to get to know those neighbors, to learn about them, spending time exploring the Muslim faith. Some of you who are more adventurous also went with me as we explored Buddhism, Scientology. Um, we even went to a Hindu temple. That was just two of us. Is Shay here? No, maybe not. He's in the nursery in the hall. Yeah, that was Shay and I, I got to go to the Hindu temple. Um... And we even did a Jewish Shabbat with one of my Jewish friends. That was just an extraordinary experience. We have also explored big questions of faith, asking why Jesus, why church, and together we learned how to have dialogues where we can allow different perspectives about what we believe to be held at the same table and in the congregation, and know that it's okay that if the person next to us believes something different from us, that we are still united as people of God, and that those different ideas about God are welcomed and encouraged in this place. We have celebrated together anniversaries and graduations, baptisms, Holy Communion, weddings, Christmas, and Easter. And when life is hard, we have held each other in prayer. We have been with each other when loved ones have gotten sick. And we have buried beloved people of this congregation and from your families as well here in this place. This is the strength of the church. This is the strength of what it means to be the body of Christ to one another, a family of faith, that we listen to one another, we cry with one another, we mourn, we care, we serve, we challenge, we learn, and we go out into the world knowing that what we've been called to do goes far beyond these walls but into our communities where we become advocates for justice for all of God's people all of them, no matter what. And for that, I am immensely grateful. And I am grateful not only for what you have done for each other, but what you have done for me and my family. Darn, I knew this was a bad part. (laughs) My girls were little when they arrived here. Lily, a kindergartner. Helena, a third grader. You have watched them lose teeth and grow in teeth and have their teeth straightened. And I don't know why I'm obsessed with the teeth, but, like, I feel it's transformational in the lives of your kids. I've watched your kids lose teeth, too. Sometimes they've hung on for a really long time. (laughs) Um, And you have supported my girls as they've grown, and you've let them be themselves. In second grade, Lily preached a sermon from this very pulpit. And you cheered her on. Helena has sung a shepherd song. So, thank you. And not only have you welcomed and cared for us, but my husband too. And truthfully, I think you're going to miss him more than me. Because uh, uh, how do you replace such an epic drummer? I mean, eventually, Emily is going to give him a drum solo, and you'll be forever transformed. I'm sure that's why you've held back, Emily. Because once they heard that, there was no holds bar. So thank you for enveloping my family in your love and care. We have been all changed because of you. Your impact on our lives and your faith will never be erased from our hearts. So Moses preached a lot longer final sermon than I will today. Um... He had so much more endurance at the age of 120, I don't know how he did it. But I will not read to you the entire book of Deuteronomy. You're welcome. (laughs) But I will focus on his final words. See, I can imagine looking out at his people as I'm looking out at all of you today and saying these words. Choose life. Dear people, God is with you. You are going to do amazing things in the years to come. There will be joy and there will be sorrow in the years ahead. But God's Spirit is resting upon you. I've witnessed it, I have seen it, and I've been transformed by it. And that will continue. You are God's beloved, chosen people. God will be with you. Go. I'll just side note, I never preached a last sermon at my last church. I couldn't do it. So I'm choosing to be more courageous here today. Um, Life in the promised land looks amazing from the outside, but your journey is far from over. There are neighbors to meet, children to teach, babies to baptize. There are struggles ahead and difficult days. But in all these things, choose life, choose love, Live in faith. And as you go forward, you don't go forward alone. Not only does God lead you, but you have a tremendous staff. And there will be another pastor here who will love you just as much as I love you. So have courage. And know God is there. Thanks be to God. Amen.